following up on the gospel account where Jesus has that parable of the two sons and the one says he'll do what the father wants him to do but then and he says he will but then he doesn't and then the other son says I won't do it and then he does we're getting to the virtues here being a virtuous person we don't hear much about virtue in our world today it's not taught in our public schools etc or vice vice is seen as I don't know like the vice squad on TV or something uh, kind of a thing but the virtues and vices. We're dealing with virtues and vices since we're little tiny babies and infants. Learning to be good and the vices are the evils, the evil things. Both are addictive. It's addictive to live in virtue in a particular way and it's addictive to live in a vice in a particular way. The difference between these two the <clears throat> is that we have it in our mind that virtues are hard and vices are easy. And that is true initially. It is true that it's easier to remain silent in a crowd of people where somebody's bad-mouthing the Catholic Church. It's just easier to be silent in the moment. Or someone's using the Lord's name in vain at work or in the family. It's just kind of easier to not say anything, not to correct them. Not to perform a spiritual work of mercy, such as admonishing a sinner or instructing the ignorant, etc. But then it's over, and we walk away, and now we've got this regret, and we think, oh, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have spoke up and defended the faith. And because I didn't speak up and defend the faith, then this other person who heard that, their faith has been hurt, and now they're not going to go to Mass on Sunday, because I didn't stand up. And now they're not going to go to Mass on Sunday, and that person happens to be one of my adult children, etc., or a brother or sister sort of thing. And they go off and have their life sort of thing, and they raise their children apart from Christ and the faith. And now their children are mingling with your children, and you've got these real juxtapositions, you know what I'm trying to say, between your children that you're trying to raise godly and Christian and theirs, that, that doesn't matter. And it goes all the way back to that one simple moment when the one person was bad-mouthing the Catholic faith. In the moment, the easy thing to do was the vice of remaining silent. But in the long run, it cost way more, so much more difficult than if I would have applied a virtue in the moment and said, hey, that's not right. That's not true. That's not right. Jesus Christ is Lord and God, and he loves every one of us. And he died on Calvary for us. And he gave us a church that would lead us home to heaven one day. And yes, there are rules, and those rules are so that you can be free. Not to bind you, but to free you from your vices and sins. Anyway, that's just one example of many, right? We're on our smartphone. We, we hit a site we shouldn't be on. Oh, there's pleasure in this moment right now, right? And then the moment is over, and then we regret it. We feel diminished. We just feel almost like we just rolled around in the mud. And just feel dirty and all of that, and... And, well, we fell into it that one time. Why not do it again? I mean, what the heck? And then I'll go to confession in a week or in a month or some other time. I mean, what the heck? That moment of pleasure, but the pain that it gives down the road far exceeds the moment of pleasure. Wouldn't it have been more virtuous to a once there's that tempting thing to put that phone down and leave. Just put it down and leave the room. Leave it in another room sort of thing. There's that difficult moment, but then it passes, and we're virtuous, and we're still good. We're still good. There's so many examples, just 
just going through our lives, so many, so many examples of how a vice is the immediate thing that gives us pleasure or gets us out of a tricky situation, but only actually ensnares us into something worse. And then, of course, we do it over a period of time, and then it becomes an addiction, and we all know addictions are really hard to break. And the opposite is true, too, with virtues. If we do that over an extended period of time, it becomes a virtue and becomes very hard to break as well. And it takes, I heard this recently, 66 days to break a virtue or to form a new virtue. 66 days is a long time. Usually we're about on day six before we give up, right? Well, I tried that once and it didn't work. Or I've tried that a million times it doesn't work. Have you tried it for 67 days in a row? Have you tried it that long? It's hard, but it's possible with the grace of God. So this is the bottom line. These two sons. I'll do it, and then he doesn't do it. I won't do it, but then he does it. Wouldn't it be great if there was a third son who said, I will do it, and then he did it. I'll do it, and then I'll will myself to do it. And he did it. In our first reading, the prophet Ezekiel, the Lord is speaking through him. And this is what the Lord says. When someone virtuous turns away from virtue to commit iniquity, sin, and dies, it is because of the iniquity he committed that he must die. But if he turns from the wickedness he has committed and does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life. Since he has turned away from all the sins that he has committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. So here is this great call to turn away from our vices, to turn away from our iniquity, to turn away from our sins, and to turn toward a life of virtue, which admittedly in the moment is harder, but in the long run is easier. It actually is easier. Imagine somebody who has an addiction to whatever it might be. It might be to sugar, it might be to porn on the internet, it might be to just watching too much TV all the time. It might be an addiction to uh, uh, lying, an addiction to fibbing and gossiping, all kinds of different addictions. And imagine how, if that addiction had been overcome, and then years later, how much time would have been saved to have been applied to something else? Just think of all the screen time that the average American spends. Checking the smartphone over 100 times a day. The average American checks the smartphone over 100 times a day. There's a quick little pleasure in a hit in checking it, and now it's done. And my headspace is not focused on what it was focused on a minute ago because I just got it scrambled by looking at my phone again. Or two hours a day of television or more. And you think, oh, you know, add up all those hours over the course of a life. And I could have become a virtuoso on the piano if I had not sat on the couch and watched TV. I could have memorized the entire Bible. I, I could have been something. But no, I wasted it on television. The reality is that living a virtuous life makes us much happier. Much happier. And it's not any harder to do than to live a, a, a vice-filled life. It's not any harder. The reality is they're both challenging. They're both hard. So choose the virtue. Choose the virtue both for your own self, and I know that this will make me a better person and a happier person, but also because you're a better person and a happier person, that helps other people to be better people and happier people. So if you think, well, I'll just give in this time on this particular vice that's always plagued and troubled me, maybe think of a loved one, 
a spouse, a child, a brother, a sister, maybe Jesus. Maybe kind of move beyond yourself and think of the others that this vice adversely impacts. And you go through all the deadly sins of of wrath and lust and greed and envy and gluttony, sloth, etc. Just going through all of them and think, man, how much that hurts other people because I live that. What would it be like if I lived in diligence, chastity, uh, diligence, chastity, gentleness, uh, generosity, moderation, how much better my life and everyone else's life would be. And we have a choice, and they're both equally challenging. So by the grace of God, choose virtue. A last final word about that choosing virtue. Here are three things that will help terrifically in choosing a life of virtue. Pray daily. I really encourage you to pray the rosary daily. Because the rosary is something that once it becomes a habit, like all habits, hard to break. And it's easy and you can do it anywhere. It's easy and you can do it anywhere, sort of thing. This is a quick aside. Prisoners of war in Vietnam or World War II or whatever, the Catholic prisoners of war would pray the rosary. And then the non-Catholics would envy them because they didn't know how to pray anything else. Once the non-Catholics were done telling God what they wanted, then they had nothing more to say and their prayer stopped. Whereas the Catholics could keep praying. They had these rote prayers that they could just keep praying and praying. It would be the envy of those who were not Catholic. God has given us the rosary. He's given us the ability to pray. So pray daily and try to develop the rosary as a habit. The other is go to confession at least once a month. The saints would go that much or much more frequently. But if you could get to confession monthly, it'll help greatly. Not only to keep getting rid of your sins of commission, what you've done that was evil, but what you failed to do, your sins of omission, if you would examine your conscience for them. And then you would be infused with grace as all the sacraments do, as a shield and a sword to leave that confessional and go fight the enemy who's waiting outside of it, waiting to tempt you back into vice. So pray daily, go to confession monthly, and this last one, be willing to suffer. Be willing to suffer. You would do it for your child, wouldn't you? You would suffer for your child. If your child had cancer, you would move heaven and earth for your child. Think of vice as cancer. Think of vice as cancer, because it does devour your children. It devours your spouse. It devours you. So think of the big picture in eternity and how much happier we all are in living a life of virtue.